0: Learning how to be attentive to God and learning how to partake of the divine nature that he has given me is the joy that is set before me in this next season of life to experience the supremacy of Christ in all things. Hello friends, thanks for listening. In this episode, I'd like to start with a selection written by Thomas Moore. And this is called A Godly Meditation. It says, Give me thy grace, good Lord, to set the world at naught, to set my mind fast upon thee, and not to hang upon the blast of men's mouths, to be content to be solitary, not to long for worldly company, little and little utterly to cast off the world and rid my mind of all the business thereof. Not to long to hear of any worldly things, but that the hearing of worldly fantasies may be to me displeasant. Gladly to be thinking of God, piteously to call for His help, to lean unto the comfort of God, busily to labor to love Him, to know my own vileness and wretchedness, to humble and meek in myself under the mighty hand of God, to bewail my sins past, for the purging of them patiently to suffer adversity, gladly to bear my purgatory here, to be joyful of tribulations, to walk the narrow way that leadeth to life, to bear the cross with Christ, to have the last thing in remembrance, to have ever afore mine eye my death that is ever at hand, to make death no stranger to me, to foresee and consider the everlasting fire of hell, to pray for pardon before the judge come, to have continually in my mind the passion that Christ suffered for me, for his benefits uncessantly to give him thanks, to buy the time again that I before have lost, to abstain from vain confabulations, to eschew light foolish mirth and gladness, recreations not necessary to cut off of worldly substance, friends, liberty, life, and all, to set the loss at right naught for the winning of Christ. To thank my most enemies, my best friends, for the brethren of Joseph could have never done him so much good with their love and favor as they did him with their malice and hatred. These minds are more to be desired of every man than all the treasure of all the princes and kings, Christian and heathen, were it gathered and laid together all upon one heap. So Thomas More lived from 1478 to 1535. This selection is from the book Spiritual Classics, uh, edited by Richard Foster and Emily Griffin. And what I appreciate about Thomas More is that he was a a scholar and a philosopher and a royal counselor and active in government and um, all of these secular activities. And yet he was also extremely devoted to God and extremely given over to the things of the lord despite probably most of his time being occupied by what people would consider secular activities and i especially appreciate that as i kind of begin this new chapter of life um, moving back from china moving to the united states now moving into a new career Uh, i've started a career in real estate and just feeling like huh (laughs) it's kind of sometimes difficult to see eternal value in work that can feel very temporal. And yet this is the wonderful invitation of Jesus, is to experience his kingdom, the closeness of his kingdom, in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. Paul expresses it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 24 says, So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, There, let him remain with God. And so he's writing to people who are slaves, who are upset that they're in slavery. And he's saying, look, don't worry about it. If you can get your freedom, go ahead and take your freedom. But don't let it upset you. Be in that place with God. In Colossians 3.23, Paul writes, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so it's with this mindset and with this attitude that all quote-unquote secular work can become spiritual and can be done unto the Lord. And that's what I appreciated about that selection by Thomas More because his life was occupied by secular activity and yet he set his heart on the Lord. And so at this season of my life, in this moment of my life, That is also my prayer, is that I would learn how to set my heart on the Lord in everything. So part of uh, moving into a new community, my efforts to get to know people and to make connection with this community, I'm starting a new podcast where I'm interviewing people in the North Texas community, people who are culture shapers, who are influencers in North Texas, and I'm just reaching out to people and asking if they'd be willing to talk. And part of my conversations are asking people what their personal mission statement is or if they have a personal mission statement. And that was kind of funny to ask people because I don't have a personal mission statement or I didn't. And as I thought about it more and more, I thought, well, what what is my personal mission statement? What am I after in this life? And I've landed on this, that my mission is to experience the supremacy of Christ in all things. And so I'm grateful for this next season. I'm grateful to be in a job slot where I have the opportunity to serve people, but also in a job slot where it's not overtly obvious uh, the eternal value of this position, with the exception of, of the people who are involved. And so it's like a game. It's an adventure with God to find out what he is up to, to see what he is doing, to learn how to walk. In step with the Spirit, even when things are not obviously what we would traditionally consider ministry. Frank Laubach, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, was a missionary in the Philippines in the 1930s, and he made it his goal to see uh, how often he could turn his heart back to the Lord. So, one second of every waking minute, he tried to reorient himself toward the Lord, to be attentive to what God was doing in his life moment to moment. And uh, this is, he kept a journal kind of on this experiment and this is from his journal. He says, but how practical is this for the average man? It seems to me now that yonder plowman could be like Calexito Sanidad when he was a lonesome and mistreated plowboy, With my eyes on the furrow and my hands on the lines, but my thoughts on God. The millions at the looms and the lathes could make the hours glorious. Some hours spent by some night watchman might be the most glorious ever lived on earth. And so his point is for for the farmer who's paying attention to uh, plowing his, his lines or to someone sitting at a loom or to a night watchman, that they can make every moment glorious as they give God their attention. He goes on, We can keep two things in mind at once. Indeed, we cannot keep one thing in mind more than half a second. Mind is a flowing something. It oscillates. Concentration is merely the continuous return to the same problem from a million angles. So my problem is this. Can I bring God back into my mind flow every few seconds so that God shall always be in my mind as an afterimage, shall always be one of the elements in every concept and precept? I choose to make the rest of my life an experiment in answering this question. I do not invite anybody else to follow this arduous path. I wish many might. We need to know, for example, can a laboring man successfully attain this continuous surrender to God? Can a man working at a machine pray for people all day long and at the same time do his task efficiently? Can a mother wash dishes, care for the babies, continuously talking to God? If you are like myself, this has been a pretty strong diet, so I will put something simpler and more attainable. Any hour of any day may be made perfect by merely choosing. It is perfect if one looks to God that entire hour, waiting for his leadership all through the hour and trying hard to do every tiny thing exactly as God wishes it done. You know, I can get caught up in trying to do things for the Lord, but really the greatest value, the greatest joy is enjoying the fellowship with Him moment to moment to become a friend of God and to do life, to go through life with God. Uh, so, giving God my attention moment to moment is not so much about making sure I'm doing the right thing and doing the thing that God wants me to do as much as it is about enjoying his nearness and being attentive to him. And yes, absolutely, of course, I'm his servant. I'm at his disposal. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm happy to do it. But I remember there was a a time in my uh, second son's life where he was always coming up to me and asking me, Dad, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? (laughs) And sometimes I just say to him, you know, do whatever you want. It's okay. Just enjoy yourself. You know, have a good time. So. Uh, It's not just about doing uh, whatever God wants so that we're doing the right thing. I think as much as it is about enjoying that fellowship and that connection with Him that Christ enjoys, that Jesus enjoys with the Father and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit with the Father and this uh, divine community that we get to partake of. And so learning how to be attentive to God and learning how to partake of the divine nature that he has given me is the joy that is set before me in this next season of life to experience the supremacy of Christ in all things.